dad, Joseph, who fought in World War II. So some of us are probably thinking about people, uh, relatives, parents, fathers who served and uh, gave that ultimate sacrifice. So we just recognize that today, that our freedoms were, were really uh, dearly won by a lot of people who made great sacrifice. Uh, if you're a uh, guest with us this morning, I'd just like to welcome you and invite you to let us know that you were here. We have connect cards in the seat backs in front of you. You could fill that out and just to know how we can possibly help you with your journey as you seek to know God better. Uh, there's also prayer cards there. If you have a prayer request today, please fill in a prayer card uh, and our prayer team will be praying for you. Uh, outside in the foyer, there's a box where all that stuff can go. It's also the place that if you are someone who financially supports the work and mission of New Song Church, uh, you can give uh, in that box there. There's envelopes in the seat backs also. Uh, there are other ways that you can give uh, also. We have many ways to do that. We believe that we do this together. Uh, we just did our uh, meeting last Sunday. Who was at the annual meeting last week? I loved it. It was really, you know, I said that often pastors dread budget meetings, but I, I just really enjoyed it. And, and one of the main things about it was to sort of reflect on how deeply our community, our church community is, is ingrained and, and connected with our community all around us. And we actually showed this graphic. For those of you who are not there, you know, we're, we said that typically uh, we we'd gauge a church's, you know, uh, reach or, you know, size, whatever, by Sunday morning attendance. And we typically average about 150 people, including all the kids and everything. But, but we realize that it's not just about that. God is doing a lot of things to connect us with our community. And with all these things that he has us doing, the places he's invited us into, we have, it's about 860 people on any given week that New Song Church uh, shares the love of Jesus with through all kinds of things. That's pretty profound. Uh, and that's what this budget for the next uh, cycle is for, is to support all of these ministries. Uh, if you did not get a copy of the budget, whether you remember or not, members will vote next week on that budget. So if you are going to be gone next Sunday, you can come into the office during office hours and fill in your ballot there. Um, I know that applies to some of you. But for anyone who wants a copy of the budget, it's in the, in the hallway out there on a table. There are copies. And there's also a prayer card. Uh, we believe... Uh, that without uh, the foundation and support of, of prayer, uh, the, uh, this, this is not really going to happen. So we're encouraging everyone to take a prayer card and pray for the points on there regularly. Um, let me see. Oh, very special day today. Last week we, we had a whole bunch. How many kids do we have? Like 17 kids going to camp so far. We had a whole bunch of kids up here with their um, water wings and goggles and camping equipment because uh, summer camp's coming up at Thousand Pines. Uh, and we, you know really feel that this is a responsibility for us to ensure as many kids can go as possible. And it's quite expensive this year. So we're doing a series of fundraisers. And the first one is today. Uh, how does pizza sound to you? So after our service this morning, there will be a whole bunch of pizza. I think it's a suggested donation of $600, is it? <laughs> per slice? How many is that per pizza? Did you, I hope you sliced them small. No, uh, you, you can make a donation to the camp uh, and have some lunch here afterwards. Um, also, uh, something we mentioned last uh, Sunday was the pantry. This is an amazing ministry. That one alone, uh, we encounter well over 300 people every week in that ministry. And uh, currently, we have uh, some opportunities for people to serve in that ministry. Um, so if you are someone who's thinking that maybe it's time to step in a little further or closer with service at New Song Church, that is a wonderful place to start. And Melody, 
uh, we can let you know all the different opportunities there. Uh, tonight, uh, I'm hoping to see guys at the Glendora Public Market because we have our next men's hangout. So it's very, very simple. There's no agenda. Uh, there's all different food vendors there. Um, we just get together at five o'clock and we just chat about everything under the sun. We solve all the world's problems uh, whenever we meet there. So I'll be there tonight at 5 p.m. and you're more than welcome to come and spend some time uh, together. Um, let me see. I think next, I want to invite uh, one of our wonderful uh, folks up here. Uh, Madison Nix is going to come up and something to share. Um, how many of you know Madison? She sings in our worship team quite regularly. She is a graduate of Life Pacific, the university just across the road. Uh, and, and Madison has been for, for many years uh, someone with a, a real heart for for the world, uh, for the globe, and, and for God's uh, presence in, that, in, the, in the world, both here in San Dimas, where she is a teacher, a music teacher, uh, but also she's been really following this sense of calling uh, into uh, a different sort of mission. So Maddie's heading off this summer for a trip. So let's pray. Oh Lord, we recognize that you are one who sends us in so many ways, you're ascending, God. You sent us your son, Jesus. You sent your Holy Spirit on that momentous day. Uh, and you send us into one another's lives every day. Uh, we desire to go. We desire to be faithful and obedient when you, when you send us, when you call us to go. Lord, we just thank you for Madison's heart for people. Um, a big step heading off by herself into a somewhat an unknown uh, situation. Lord, we pray that the landing would be, would be wonderful, would be uh, fruitful. Pray that you'd continue to show her uh, what she is made for as she steps into this uh, situation, this mission, this community. Uh, Lord, I pray that she would uh, be remembered by us, that we would be praying for her. Uh, Lord, that you would bring to mind what we should be praying for. Uh, you know uh, what she's going to meet, and you know what the days are going to be like. And thank you, Lord, that you'll be with her. Uh, bless her for safety. Bless her for all the resources that she needs. And just give her eyes to see uh, and ears to hear and a heart to feel uh, the longings of the people she encounters and that she might, uh, her, her voice might be filled with words about you. We thank you, Lord, for her. Uh, bless her, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, Patty. I'm also going to, yeah, fantastic. I'm also going to pray again. Uh, Melody's going to come up and continue our journey through Hebrews with that Mokiza, Mokiza guy, right? Mokiza what? Um, excited to hear uh, what Melody's sharing today. Let's uh, pray. Father, yeah, you're ascending God, and, and now you send your servant Melody to open up your word. Lord, we pray uh, for her. Uh, that her heart would be fixed on you. Uh, Lord, open our ears, open our hearts and our minds to receive uh, your word today, just as you so wonderfully do through your servants. And we pray, Lord, that that would lead to action, uh, that we'd be inspired and challenged, and that we would hear once again about your incredible love for us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Melody. All right. 
Ooh, it works. I dropped it like three times, the, the back piece to this piece. Yay. Justin's going, thank God, I was going to kill Melody. All right, good morning. How are you? Pretty good? Pretty good? Any fun plans tomorrow? Yes, kind of. Not really? Staying home? Who's just staying home? Yeah, okay. We're in the same boat. Excellent. Um, we, uh, the kids' only request was, do we, do we get to sleep past eight? And I was like, you are about to sleep past eight for an entire summer. I think, I think you, can, you can survive till like, what, Thursday's the first day for them on vacation? But anyway, so um, happy sleeping in tomorrow. If you work, sorry, sleep in the next time you have a day off. Who works tomorrow? A couple here, I figured, yeah? All right. Well, our hearts are with you. All right, let me get going here because my clock is ticking. Um, I have a question. Have you ever seen on the internet, the World Wide Web, remember when we used to call it that? Um, these, um, like, memes or reels or whatever that say, I was this years old when I found this out. Like, I was, you know, 20 years old when I found out how to hold a scissor correctly, someone said. So I have a couple to share with you. Let's share them. Let's pull them up here. I was today years old when I found out that Ellen Staples is really a half-open staple. I didn't know that one either. Chris was like, of course I knew that one. And I was like, I never knew. Okay? This is going to be fun because I have several of these. Let's go to the next one. This was I was today years old when I found out Gandalf carried his pipe in his staff. Did you know that? Did you know that? Do you guys know that, my Lord of the Rings guys? No? Now Chris and Grant are going to walk around with staffs. You're going to see them walking around just to have a pipe in it. All right, let's go to the next one. How old were you when you realized Arby's is just pronounced Arby's, which is short for roast beef? Did you know? I didn't know either. Okay, this is fun. Oh, this is everyone, you're not gonna make a sandwich for lunch because you're having pizza for lunch, okay? $600 a slice. But this says maximized efficiency sandwich. Don't overlap your meat. Cut the meat. Now, who has time to do this? Okay? Because, what's that? They should sell it cut, just like that, like square meat. Uh, all right, how old were you when you found out the Gatorade cap goes here on the, bottom of the ca on the bottom of the bottle? Yeah? My kids yesterday were like, huh, 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 look at us. All right, next one. Uh, okay, the jury might still be out on this one, but it makes sense. We tested it twice yesterday. It's true. I was today years old when I realized that the numbers on a toaster are minutes and not levels of toastiness. I tested it twice. It is true. I like my toast toasted for two minutes. Look at this one, Chick-fil-A. You stick your straw through that little thing and you can just drink and dip and you just need like, you can't practice it today because Chick-fil-A is closed, but you can practice it tomorrow. Okay, what's the next one? Oh, this one's my favorite one. I was today years old when I realized this, I may never be the same. Stressed is just desserts spelled backwards. Isn't that very cool? So there you go. Next time you feel stressed, grab a dessert. 
So what I like about these, when I see these, if you guys have any that are super cool, please send them to me because I like to see them. Um, but what I really like about these is that they, they actually teach you something or they show you a different way or a shortcut or something that you never knew, right? Has maybe made your life easier in some sense or, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's maximized our efficiency. It's had a little effect on our day. But, you know, beyond just something funny or something interesting, maybe some people have changed the way they do things, have changed the way they drink from their Gatorade bottle. Have you ever discovered something that, with a little bit of change or a little, you know, different way of doing things, maybe you do certain chores at home or you, do, you take a certain drive to work or whatever it is, maybe you've discovered some sort of better system. Yes? Yeah? Okay, so some sort of better system. One story I want to share with you this morning is actually a little bit about the pantry. Now, before I led the pantry ministry, uh, when I first started as a volunteer, there was, there was a certain way of doing things at the pantry. And on these mornings, some of you were here for this, you can attest to it, um, many, many people would still would show up to get food. Now, as Grant said, on average, in a week, we serve 250, 300 people per distribution. So um, back then, as pantry folks would show up, they would get out of their cars and kind of congregate on those benches that are right outside the kids' room out there on the parking lot. And um, they would start writing their names on a piece of paper, and then they would be called by name, and we would serve our guests. Now, this system was fine. It functioned well enough, but it had some flaws. It had some flaws in it. So... The first flaw that I saw was that guests would come hours early, like hours early, before even people, Bill's laughing because he knows, um, they would come hours early and they'd start their own little piece of paper. And before you knew it, you know, so-and-so is here and so-and-so is here and so-and-so is here, or maybe so-and-so would write their, their friend's name down that wasn't exactly there, or they'd write their sister's name or their mom's name, so that not all of them had to come hours and hours early. So this caused a little bit of tension between our guests because they would say, hey, she wasn't here when I got here, and how is she first? And so it didn't totally promote the love amongst our guests. But it's a system that was okay enough, a system that worked. And a little while later, um, uh, I was able to make some changes in how the pantry functioned. And I don't know, many of you in here were at that meeting where we had a big breakfast in here and we, um, I, I had a pantry vision casting breakfast. And so we, we had quiche and we had muffins and we had potatoes and we talked about all of these wonderful things and all these ways we were gonna bring some changes to the pantry. Well, if you zoom in a little closer, you can notice the date on that agenda. What is the date? March 7th of what year? Of 2020. Of 2020. So not but eight days later, eight days later, it seemed like the world came to a halt. Everything shut down because of COVID-19. And I remember that specific day because we were sitting at Round Table Pizza celebrating my daughter's birthday watching the news, just kind of looking at each other and the, the 
cooks are looking at us. We're looking at them like we, no one knew what to do, how to be. So anyway, I remember the day exactly. But um, so we had that meeting. And on March 15th, COVID is at our door. And we had March 16, 17, 18. By March 19th, on that Thursday of that week, we had come up with an entire new system. Three days, three days on how to run the pantry. And I am so proud to tell you that we did not miss one pantry distribution during the entire pandemic. Yeah. And not only did we not miss an entire distribution, but everybody took part in that. Do you guys remember the signs we used to have, the drive-through drop-off signs, right? The kids would stand out there like, thank you, thank you, everything counts. Um, but on that first Thursday night, we have a picture here of the team that was there. We were ready. We were ready for it. And we came up with a system that, uh, we have a little bit of a video here. We came up with a system that not only squashed the chaotic kind of sign, and we came up with this entire drive-through system that um, eliminates kind of the competitiveness with our guests. Um, they still come early, for sure, but... You know, now at least we have the cars lined up. You can't really sign your friend's name up on a car system. Um, and that's it. We have a whole assembly line. Look at that. That's a Thursday night. We have a whole assembly line of multiple people who take part in this distribution. And what I tell everybody, I say sometimes we have a lot, sometimes we have a little, but whatever it is, we give it out. Whatever it is, what's ever in our fridge, what's ever in our freezer, we give it out because we know, we know, we know, and we trust that those fridge and freezers are going to be um, filled again because we believe that we have been called as a community to serve our community. We believe that, so we trust that God is going to fill those fridge and freezers. And this new system of running the pantry allows for so many people to participate in that. So many people. Yesterday, how many are on your team? Bill and Barb, 11 people or so. Yeah, sometimes there's more. Sometimes there's up to like 15, right? Um, and different days host different people. It's amazing. And it's a tangible way to love our neighbors, right? It's putting action to what that says right there, to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. It's an action, tangible way to do what it says we want to do. And, you know, the new system, it's not, it's not perfect, but it has its ups and downs. And of all the ministries I run here and I participate in and whatever, this is the one that teaches me the most all the time. Because it always throws you some sort of curveball and it always, um, you learn something new, you get to work with new people. So it's incredible, this, this pantry that is able to teach us. Today's text that we're going to look at in a second, um, we looked at for the first time with Grant, and it talks about the order of Melchizedek. Now, uh, in a nutshell here, the author is saying, hey, listen, there was an old order, there was an old system, there was an old way of doing things, still valid, not wasted, accomplished its purpose, okay enough, it was okay enough, it was still good, we don't want to take away from that, but now there is a new system, a new system, a perfect system, and that system is Jesus himself who is perfect. So will you bear with me while I read through this? Yeah, is everyone awake? Anyone need to shift in their seat? 
Yeah? All right. So listen, I'm going to read it, but I'm also going to talk through it so I don't lose you guys, okay? I might lose you still, but if you see your neighbor's head like slouching, just give him a little pinch. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 7. This Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also a priest of the Most High God. Okay, so this guy was king and a priest. When Abraham, Abraham the patriarch of the people, right, was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him, Abraham, and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of all he captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of justice, and king of Salem means king of peace. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning nor end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God. Now here, you guys, we're going to get into theology, we're going to get into history, we're going to get into all sorts of lineage stuff. Please don't get lost. Just hear what, hear what it's saying. We can, we can take it and do 30 sermons on this, but we're going somewhere with this. <clears throat> so consider then how great this Melchizedek was, right? That's what he's saying. Think about this. Even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle. Now the law, okay, the law which these people followed to a T, the law of Moses required that the priests who are descendants of Levi must collect a tithe from the rest of the people of Israel who are also descendants of Abraham. Again, lineage stuff. And Mel, uh, but Melchizedek, who was not a descendant of Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham. And Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham, the one who had already received the promises of God. And, of course, without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one being blessed. So, again, lineage stuff, theology stuff, law stuff here, okay? <clears throat> the priests who collected tithes are men who die. So this Melchizedek is greater than they are because we are told that he lives on. Again, theology, we're not going to get into that today. In addition, we might even say that these Levites, the one who collected the tithe, paid a tithe to Melchizedek when their ancestor Abraham paid a tithe to him. You're going to get super lost here. And although Levi wasn't born yet, the seed from which he came was in Abraham's body when Melchizedek collected the tithe from him. Who can explain that on a chart right now? Yeah? No? Okay, we'll keep going. And if the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. For the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priests. What I mean is, the, our Lord came from the tribe of Judah, and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. So he's setting it up here. This change has been made very clear since a different priest who is like Melchizedek has appeared. Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the physical requirements of belonging to the tribe of Levi that he just finished explaining in these 27 verses here, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. Do you remember that? One, two, three. Was his life destroyed? No. He rose again. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, you are the priest in the order of Melchizedek. Yes, the old requirement or the old system, okay? The old requirement about priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. 
For the law never made anything perfect. But now we have a confidence and a better hope through which we draw near to God. So he's saying, old system, weak, useless. We have this new system now. This new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath. But there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, the Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. There were many priests under this old system, and death prevented them from remaining in office. True. But because Jesus lives forever and his priesthood lasts forever, therefore he is able once and forever, once and forever to save those who have come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He is the kind of priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest honor in heaven. Unlike those other priests, he did not need to offer sacrifices every day. They, those other priests, did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once and for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for the people's sins. The law-appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath. And his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. Whew. Did you follow me? A little bit? Yeah? Man. Talk about an, an old system versus a new system, right? Right? We just saw that. Old system versus new system. And there's a lot of history wrapped up. There's a lot of culture wrapped up in there. But it says, it says, if you look at it clearly, it says very clearly that the new system is here. The author is talking to his audience and they're tempted to go back to the old system. They want to depend on human priests to do the work for them. They want to lean on their traditions and their laws. But the, but the author here is saying, hey, listen, it says it clearly here. Verse 18, the old requirement was set aside because it was weak. The new system was established. Because of his oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant. He is the kind of priest we need. 27, Jesus did this once and for all when he offered himself as a sacrifice for people's sin. He did it. We're done with that old system. We're super done with that. And I think, man, like, what, when I think about these people listening, I'm like, why, man, why don't you get it? Why don't you get it? We could look at the, those people and say, people, how hard-headed were you, right? But the thing is, we have, we have the words on the screen. We have the Bible in our hands, right? They didn't have that. We could say, man, the new system is way better. The covenant is way more accessible, Jesus is way more human than any priest could ever be. Come on, people of the Bible, get it together. Could we say that? But I wonder, did my mic go out? Am I just yelling? Did you turn me down? Am I too loud? They're laughing because they turned me down. Because when I get animated, I get really loud. They could turn around to us on the flip side and say, come on, people of now times, why don't you get it? 
You flip-flop from standing firm in your faith to questioning if God is really paying attention to you. You struggle with your choices. You're not really paying attention to God's presence and power in your life. Come on, people. Don't you get it? They could say that. Yes? Just to me or to everyone in this room? To all of us. Jesus is way more accessible than we allow him to be. In the sermon blurb on the, on the weekly update that gets out and what's in your hands, I wrote this. I said, again with the order of Melchizedek? When I got this on my Sunday that I was preaching, I was like, oh, dang it. Why can't this be Grant's Sunday? And he was like, ha, 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 ha. Because I said, let's be honest. What's so important about back then, about a figure that is mentioned only a few times, and why is it important now? Can we just move on from hearing about this guy? Can we just move on? Seems like we should be able to. And you might be looking at me saying, like, yes, Melody, we get it. Old system versus new system. Super cool. Jesus is the better way. We get it, Melody. But do we? Do we get it? I don't know. I think a lot of times we rely on our way of doing things. We get impatient with God. We get impatient with the not yet. We get impatient with the no answers. We start to meddle in things. We may be quick to question God, get angry. And I believe by doing some of those things, sometimes we lessen his power and presence in our lives. Is that the better way? Is that the better way? Or is that the old system? Now, God doesn't mind that we question, and God doesn't mind that we get angry, and God doesn't mind that we ask all these things. He doesn't mind. But where we go wrong is when we stop taking it to him. When we stop praying for things, when we, start, when we stop believing, even when we stop congregating together. I don't need to go to church today. Is it the better way? You might be essentially saying, we might be essentially saying to God here, my system, I'm just gonna go with my system right here. My system. Your system, Jesus, okay, but so I think this sermon, what I've what I've taken to out of all the possible ways I could have taken this sermon, I took it in this. Two points and one question. The first point is the old system, which is essentially our way of doing things. It's okay enough. We get by. We, we, can, we can handle stuff. Or the new system, which is Jesus' promises, his confidence. We talked about a calm hope. We talked about a calm peace. We talked about these things. And here's the question. Who do you say I am? And those are Jesus' words in Mark. Who do you say I am? And that's the question that Jesus asks all of us in here, who, where you are today, who is Jesus to you? Not what I've said up here, not what Grant has said up here, not what someone in your life has said that Jesus is or, you know, something you heard. Jesus asked this very question to his disciples, to his closest followers, the people that walked the earth, his, his family essentially, 
Who do you say I am? And they had seen him do some unbelievable things, provide food to the hungry, heal the sick, even bring back someone from the dead. So when Jesus asked this question, even some of those guys said, kind of like this guy. Some say you're like this guy. Do you think they were half, maybe half one foot in, half one foot out? New system, old system? It was hard because this law and these religious traditions are ingrained in them. They're ingrained in them. So even his disciples had a hard time answering this question. But when he turned to Peter and he said, but who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. And that is what this entire book of Hebrews is about. In chapter 1, verse 3, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Chapter 2. What, do, what we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death with us, he is for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them to their salvation. You know, I, I dare say this to you guys this morning, because I say it to myself too. I think, sorry, I dropped it. I think that in our day and age, in our lives today, I think that we can miss the immense, the astounding, the amazing fact that we have this perfect system that gives us access, access directly to Jesus the Messiah. I think we miss it. So when we're asked these questions, who do you say I am? The answer is not light and fluffy and, you know, all these beautiful colors of rainbow. This, the answer is immense, astounding, amazing. You are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. More than a high priest who, has work, who works on behalf of God, Jesus is the high priest who is God. And we have access to him through this perfect system. My friends, today I think the challenge for us is to not just settle for this okay enough system. Who wants to be just okay enough? I want more than that. I want more than just getting by. Okay enough faith just gets us by. We, we pray at meals, right? We, we pray at bedtime, we say our prayers. We have a devotional. Sure, but there's so much more. And I'm going to share a little story about that and what I mean by that. I'm going to have the band come back up. I have to confess to you this story today. Uh, yesterday was the first Saturday in a really long time that our family didn't have some sort of commitment. 
There was no quinceañeras happening for friends, where I was made a, an impromptu photographer, an impromptu driver. I, was, I covered all sorts of angles last Saturday. But it was the first Saturday in a while that our family didn't have a commitment. So what did we do? We cleaned. We cleaned. I'm not that terrible, okay? We slept in a little bit. We had Chris's famous pancakes, which on Pancake Sunday, bring your money for that. You're going to want some pancakes. It's another fundraiser, by the way. Just bring a whole lot of cash the next several Sundays, okay? Uh, so we had that for breakfast. I took my daughter to get her hair cut and styled my hairdresser. Let's say hi to her. She listens online. Her name is Jody. Ready? One, two, three. Hi, Jody. One, two, three. Perfect. She's going to love it. Then she's going to hate it. Sorry, Jody. I love you. Don't turn my hair green. Okay, so um, we did all these things, but then we cleaned at our house. So we had to get through the garage. We had to do a lot, a lot of stuff. And one thing after the other, we decided to take a break and go to one of our favorite places, which really is my favorite place. So we made it the kids' favorite place yesterday. We went to Barnes & Noble. Okay? I love that place. You can always find me there if I have some time off. But, you know, we finished cleaning and, um, you know, we weren't done. We weren't totally done. We still had things to get through. And um, we have some people coming over this afternoon. So I wanted to get through a couple big projects. And so I, I, I was at Barnes & Noble, but I felt a little rushed, you know? Like, you're there, but you're thinking, I got to get back, I got to get back, I got to get back. Another little side story is that last week, I was praying for a couple of specific things and asking God, God, show me, God, tell me, am I supposed to be doing this? Am I supposed to be doing that? What am I supposed to be doing? Show me, tell me, show me, tell me. And as I'm looking through the bookshelves, not only do I see an answer to my prayer one time, but I saw it two times. Two times I saw confirmation. And in the moment, I was caught by surprise, and I thought, oh my goodness, I cannot believe it. This is what I was praying for. This is what I was praying for. But because I was concerned about my stuff that I had to get back to, because I was feeling pressed for time, because I was concerned with other things, I was doing okay enough, I didn't want to stop and engage in that moment. And who was, I, who was I not engaging? Myself? I believe in that moment, Jesus the Messiah was engaging me. And I missed it. I missed it. I made an active decision to move beyond it. Super cool. Thank you, God. And I literally, at the end of the end cap, was like, I could stay here and be in this moment, or I could just keep going and I just kept going, and I missed it. Now, I'm not talking about Jesus was going to call to me with a voice and say, Melody, where are you going? That's not what I mean. But in my heart, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about, hopefully, in my heart, I know that God was trying to engage me in that moment, but I made a conscious decision. And I still believe that God has that message for me, had that confirmation, and I'm, I'm still so grateful for even that moment, but I'm so sorry that I missed it. 
because it could have been so much more. And what was I rushing off to that was so much more important than engaging with Jesus the Messiah? Getting back to my garage because I have people coming over today? That was more important to me in that moment than engaging with Jesus the Messiah. My friends, this new system that we have been given, this is not a system for merely Sundays. To move you on a Sunday, to move you to tears, or to move you to pray, whatever. This is not a system for just when we pray, for when we get up, when we go to sleep. This is not just a system for our souls, for when we pass from this earth. This is a system to, because Jesus offers us the fullness of life, the fullness of his engagement now. Here and now. We're going to take communion now. <clears throat> And again, we say it every so often, but please hear me when I say this today. Think about what kind of experience you have been having in your faith. What kind of experience? Are you okay enough? Are you okay enough? But Jesus is here saying, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I want to actively engage you. I wonder what we're missing out when we're just okay enough. When we take this bread and this cup, it's not merely a sign that our gathering is almost over and Melody's going to stop talking soon. It's not just that. This is, again, an immense, astounding, amazing thing that we get to do that we get to do because Jesus himself said this. The Messiah himself said this. Remember me. Remember that I came to give you this system. Through my broken body and my spilled blood, this is the system that I, that I want to do. I'm going to the cross for you. So I'm going to ask that you reflect on that. Please, again, we, we say this every so often, just keep your hellos for afterwards. I really want you to reflect. What is your faith doing right now? Is it okay enough? Or could we possibly engage more? We'll take it together in just a second. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we recognize that you are one who sends us. In so many ways, you're ascending God. You sent us your son, Jesus. You sent your Holy Spirit on that momentous day. Uh, and you send us into one another's lives every day. We desire to go. We desire to be faithful and obedient when you, when you send us, when you call us to go. Lord, we just thank you for Madison's heart for people. Um, a big step heading off by herself into uh, somewhat an unknown uh, situation. Lord, we pray that the landing would be, would be wonderful, would be uh, fruitful. Pray that you'd continue to show her uh, what she is made for as she steps into this uh, situation, this mission, this community 
Lord, I pray that she would uh, be remembered by us, that we would be praying for her. Uh, Lord, that you would bring to mind what we should be praying for. Uh, you know uh, what she's going to meet, and you know what the days are going to be like. And thank you, Lord, that you'll be with her. Uh, bless her for safety. Bless her for all the resources that she needs. And just give her eyes to see uh, and ears to hear and a heart to feel. shared with me a story yesterday about the pantry which none of the team knew I was saying this today right uh, yesterday we haven't been inspected the, the food bank shows up to inspect us every so often we hadn't been inspected since before COVID I believe right so a food bank inspector shows up and you know is looking around and Bill says the whole team was going, 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 going. 
and before he realized it, it was 11 o'clock, it was time to close down, and, and he, didn't even, he didn't even realize we were done until we were done, right? They were done. I wasn't here. I was at home. Um, and so he said, you know, I, afterwards I was cleaning up, and it was, by the way, the food bank inspector said we were fabulous, okay? So keep that in your back pocket for when you need a, a little pick-me-up. Um, but Bill said, you know, it was 20 past 11, and I was still kind of, you know, fiddling around with stuff. And I don't know, for some reason I, I decided I needed to stay another extra couple minutes and just looking around and whatnot. And someone pulled up. I don't know if that someone is here today, but someone pulled up and just said, hey, I have some questions. And not about the food pantry, not about... Um, anything Bill was doing in that moment, but just about God and about our church and about, you know, just some logistical information, but also he just needed someone to talk to. So even in the interruption, even in the delayed exit, even in the food bank showing up, the food inspector, which delayed him, which blah, 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 God designed that moment. God created that opportunity where in this case, Bill was able to actively engage, actively engage what Jesus had for him in that moment. And because of that, someone else was able to engage as well. And that's what, and that's what Jesus said to do, right? He said, go be with each other, share each other's burdens, share each other's joy, because I don't just do this for a couple of you, I do this for all of you. I'm so thankful that every Sunday we get to take communion together. Let's take the bread. And as I said, this, this is just an amazing, crazy thing that we get to do every Sunday. Celebrate the Jesus Messiah who came spilled his blood for us. Let's take the cup. We're about to sing a song that says everything. I could, we could have just sang this song for about 30 minutes and it would have been fine because this song says exactly everything that Jesus came to do. My friends, let's not do okay enough. Let's walk towards that new and perfect system. Sometimes that takes a reset of our, of our own conscious doing. Just like I consciously did not engage, look around. Jesus is all around you. Jesus is all around you. And he calls your name. And he turns to you and says, who do you say I am? That we would say, you are the Messiah. Let's sing.